1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. We're presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it is NBA Draft Decision Day for a whole lot of college basketball players. So in that vein, I've brought back the hardest working man. In show business, in the basketball industry, whatever Jimmy Patsos wants to uh, label you as, I think that you just are that at this point. Uh, Jimmy Patsos uh, is, is the guy that says, yes. right?
0: Snape, yeah, sniped me. Yeah, I was, uh, I was outside. Returning text messages, some some personal, some business, and he was walking across the street because the way the gym is set up, because we have a grassroots event this weekend, Under Armour Association, Session 1, it's like the Bermuda Triangle of the gym loves truck stop and the hotel. So he, he so he at the loves truck stop getting like a bite to eat and comes over takes a picture. He's like, "Hey, what's Sam saying? What's this guy?" What's this? I'm like, "All right, whatever. Post what you want." Like, hardest working man in show business. My friends already have a field day running with that and inserting my picture sitting on a bench with Forrest Gump and uh, Sean McGuire from <laughs> Good Will Hunting. So I'm I'm here for it. You know, I, I've been told I have spit in my mouth when I talk on a podcast review. So I'm I'm here for all the barbs. This is part comes with territory of uh, being the bad boys of draft podcasting.
1: The bad boys of draft podcasting. What a what a yes. world! What a world we create for ourselves in our here. own brains at this point, really. Uh, well, you've had a better better day than I have. I've I've dealt with uh, some some new home issues today. Uh, for two of the eight days that my wife and I have lived in this new house, uh, we have not had hot water. So that's yeah, not that's, not ideal.
0: Uh, not hot water for the showers. Uh, that's a bad hit to start. I, I guess the cold water really refresh you and get you going to start the day. But it's it's not it's not warming you up internally. I guess.
1: Well, like, here's the thing. So it's cold over here in Melbourne. Like, I don't know if people in America know this, but it actually does get cold in Australia at times. Uh, Everyone just assumes it's like this island utopia that like Byron Bay is, which is like the super nice place where all of the like celebrities like Zac Efron and like Chris Hemsworth live, where it's warm all year round. But like Melbourne gets cold, right? And my wife, Laura, went out Two days ago, to go for a run, and then came back, and there was no hot water. And she's just like standing there in sweat and like a hoodie, and is like, "This is the worst
0: experience <laughs> and you don't of have, my you life." You don't have a landlord to call. That's why. That's the beauty of renting. Everyone's like, ah, "I got to buy a house," but sink breaks, hot water. It's, it's one phone call away. Now, granted, you're one phone call away, but it's going to cost you a significant amount of money, whereas mine doesn't. So there's there's highs and lows, peaks and valleys of homeownership. ownership. or so I'm told yeah,
1: you. yeah. We're uh we're we're rolling right along here. So. We have two things we want to talk about. We want to talk about name, image, and likeness rights, and we want to talk about NBA Draft Decision Day. I would say that those are the absolute two main things that we're going to discuss here uh, on the show. So, I think that we should start with the name, image, and likeness stuff. And, and the reason for that is that I think it feeds into some of the decisions that we saw made over the course of the last 24, 48, 72 hours. So before we get started here, Penny, I have one very simple question. When you were a super senior doing your, uh, Mitch Martin, uh, uh fifth year at UMass, As a walk-on on on the basketball team, what do you think your name, image, and likeness rights were worth?
0: $122.50. Nothing. I, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> I think we're past the statute of limitations. I, I didn't receive any improper benefits. I paid my way through college. I paid for a fifth year where people still question why I did that. I remember at one point we got coupons to this pizza place uh, it, that doesn't exist anymore and that had, like, our faces on it. So we are like, oh, man, 15% off. Like, that's great. We found out they also had the same coupons in the newspaper. But at the time, we were like, oh, it's kind of, like, cutting-edge stuff. Uh, that being said, I, I don't think that uh, my appearance would be too beneficial for, like, a, a honda dealership to have me show up there in a a non-branded because i think with the college stuff you can't use the actual school logo so just in like a a random maroon hat i don't know how many extra people that would draw to to buy potentially a used car
1: who is this six foot seven dude with spit in his mouth that is talking at me trying to get me to buy a honda in boston right now
0: yeah that's the guy that flexes at the end of the bench and never plays right like how, what is he doing here he's is he signing glossy five by seven photos why, why are we paying for this i don't i don't think there was uh there wasn't a, a market really for for walk-ons maybe for Titus and club trail but not for not for my club but it, it is great that the floodgates have kind of sort of opened and not been the flood that people anticipated but players can capitalize on their actual name image and likeness and it hasn't really been a, a detriment to anything yet too
1: well the, the two things that i keep thinking about here are i really wonder if we start seeing like end of the bench uh like walk-ons just do some wild shit this year at the end of the bench just to get noticed to try and get like a mini like nil deal, just like someone, <laughs> someone like noticing you doing wild shit at the end of the bench and making like a couple grand based off of that. Oh, that'd
0: be great. And maybe in retrospect, I have a, a six year and I could could capitalize on this stuff. I hope it doesn't go too far when guys are warming up in t shirts for the local pretzel place or, or something like that but if, if the doors are open more power to walk-ons capitalizing on what their stance is on, on a team and being the energy guy and maybe it's the bench mob sponsored by fill in the blank local but it could be anything i mean we, we've seen stuff from all over the place and a lot of the deals seem to be more localized and like communities and college towns yeah. so i don't think it's going to be sponsored by Domino's or coca-cola it'll be more like a Uh, a market or maybe like a moving company like umass has five college movers that sign somebody and i have no idea what the dollar amount is tied to it but when you're in college like that that pays for some pizza that pays for some beer so i don't think anyone's turning it down either
1: yeah i I will just note any athletes listening to this for the love of god do not sign away your rights into perpetuity uh just want to be very clear about that uh make sure that it is for a very specific and limited period of time and any way that you can limit it like they are uh the the man with a van the people who moved me into this new house uh they are they are my moving sponsors Uh, i cannot (laughs) get another moving company
0: can't do another van with a man on it yeah they've cornered that
1: (laughs) uh they've cornered my rights there um the the other uh, just kind of interesting thing about all of this is how do we think this impacts the highest level because i mean like like you and i like have heard like some wild numbers thrown around like for instance like like what well, i'm not gonna say like you know th- there's a quarterback out there that we've heard like a wild number about uh in college basketball that got like a crazy uh, i don't know if it's like an advance like what the deal college is football. But, yeah yeah Big college ball. football got like a wild number basically um and like can't even confirm it, so like I don't even want to like say the name. Uh, it's only come from like one person that we know. Um, how do we think that this is going to like impact the highest level of college football and college basketball? Because I feel like in college football, quarterbacks are just going to make an insane amount of money, and then in college basketball, college basketball is a sport that is so individualized that I feel like there is a world where. You know, someone like a Hunter Dickinson is going to be able to make like a real amount of money by returning to school or by just being uh, the face of Michigan basketball next year. You know, in E.J. Liddell's case, the face of Ohio State basketball.
0: And always the face, too. And and that's what we were told when, when I was in school is that when you guys go out at night, you're recognizable because you're tall and you don't wear helmets. So hockey was big at UMass. They won the national championship. Football was really good and like the one double A championship. People didn't know him as much because you're not out there front and center. So people will see you and, and know who you are. So just behave and don't you know cause a, a scene when you're uptown at the bars.
1: Ha- having said that, you and I have had some discussions about uh, some of the some of the parties that are probably going to happen on campuses uh, over the course oh, of the next yes. few days with not, the amount yeah. of money that's going straight to students now.
0: Which is great. I think if you come home and you don't have any money left in your bank account, but you, you had a great time at college, I, I'm signing off on that now. For For actual things and not in jest, I, ultimately, I think that this is going to help colleges. It, it was kind of like a, a toe drag here for a while with NCAA, but – with the money flowing in and above board, may I add, now would, say, uh, a LaMelo Ball or RJ Hampton consider doing a year on campus while getting paid instead of going to play in Australia or New Zealand or wherever it may be. Maybe a, a player right now, like Jalen Duran, who plays for Team Final in Mountford Academy, that is weighing his options at so places like Kentucky and Miami, also the, the G League or playing the NBL, he may think he can build his brand larger in Lexington than he could training in walnut creek california with the unite program i i I think it's going to be a good thing and i I think the market will also adjust a little bit it's kind of like first day of economics class there's supply and demand and it'll meet in somewhere that intersection will work for now the offers are really high and really low but the market's going to adjust so i I do think that my my takeaway is that for the upper levels of college basketball it'll never be like professional numbers in my opinion but there'll be enough money there that guys will think twice
1: Yeah, especially if you're at like the two-way level. Like I I was kind of trying to explain the Hunter Dickinson situation to our beat writer uh, Brandon Quinn. So you and I are both in agreement that we're we're not sure that Hunter Dickinson would have gotten a two-way, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like we think he might have gotten one, but there was no certainty there. Like I had Hunter Dickinson at something like 90 to 100 on my big board. If he is going to get a two-way contract. Two-way contracts are something in the vicinity of, let's say, $400,000. It's a little bit more than that, and it changes every year, but like let's say $400,000. I think that like only the highest of the highest level college basketball players are going to make at least $400,000 next year, right?
0: Yes, Se- seems high, and-, and once you package all stuff together, could could be in that range.
1: Yeah, like, if you told me Johnny Juzang, like, returns to UCLA... And by the way, we're recording before Johnny Juzang has made <laughs> yes, a decision. We, we,
0: we, we waited as long point. as we could. We, we waited four yeah. hours for this. So eventually, we have to record.
1: Yeah, like, we're kind of anticipating Johnny Juzang is going to make his announcement here while we're recording. It's nine ten on the East Coast, and he has, what, like, two and a half hours to where he can record... Or to where he can um, make a statement on what he's doing. So... <sighs> In the case of Johnny Juzang, if he returns to UCLA to an enormous market, to an enormous brand that people are excited about coming into next year, he's going to be the face of that brand. Johnny Juzang has a chance to make an insane amount of money, I think, by returning to college basketball. Not like, you know, eight-figure professional money, but a real amount of money that probably would exceed his two-way deal, I would think, right?
0: Yeah, and, and especially, and, and now it's over, but who knows, and UCLA will be very good with them and very good without them. That's not a, a shot or a testimony for them, but they're, they're a good roster. They're going to get better They added Payton Watson. Yeah. They're bringing back a lot of guys. Jaime Hockey, going to be awesome. But that being said, I remember when Jalen Suggs hit that unbelievable shot to knock them out, unfortunately, the tournament. I, I don't know where people come up with these numbers, but, oh, Jalen Suggs would have made $300,000 this week for that shot. So if Johnny Juzank rides the wave of a Final Four or that type of run yep. in March was more eyeball balls, he may not hit that number during the season, but in March, he may start building up enough momentum where these deals are are getting closer to what that number is that we talked about.
1: Yeah, like it's going to be hard for like marketing agents to guarantee college basketball players, all but like the most famous college basketball players, like high level numbers, I think. And by high level, I mean, like, let's say $250,000 and above, right Um, from the jump here. But I, I do think that throughout the course of the season there's gonna be some real space for, you know, guys to go out and make a shit ton of money. Uh, is the smart movers here the smart advertisers hold back some of their funds and you know do deals during the season I would think that that 's the way to kind of go about it if I was running an advertising company
0: yeah i'd wait i 'd wait and see kind of what those offers are and we 've seen some of them we 've heard some of them and again they 're all over the spectrum. I also thought when when the stuff is really cleared about sort of middle of the road type prospects, even like a little bit lower than a EJ Liddell or Hunter Dickinson, and and those guys will will be on pro radars. And they both said in their their interviews afterwards that the NIL was part of it. It, it, Let's just also be kind of clear here. They weren't great at the combine, they were fine. Uh, They're not turning down guaranteed first round money right now. So, yeah, like.
1: we we should just be real about this. Like Hunter Dickinson and EJ Liddell were probably two of the worst five players at the
0: G League Elite. <laughs> <camp> <laughs> you, you, this yeah, year. you can be the one that drops the hammer. Huh? Like, <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm cool to do that, right? Like they did not play well at the G League Elite camp, and even without nil, they should have been returning to school. And I think that at the end of the day. They probably would have made that choice,
0: and, and they did. But for them, I mean, they're going to be faces of of the Big Ten, like you said, front and center. But I, I thought of a guy like Davion Mintz we talked about for Kentucky when he declared, because we know what two way money is. The overseas market, and, and please correct me here because you're much more dialed than than I am. Sure, it, it's not what it used to be. So the money is going down. So like, what would Davion well, Mintz have hypothetically received overseas if he had stayed?
1: Oh God, I'm sure. Just roughly, fifty to sixty, like not right. a crazy he, amount. He, he, like he's
0: going to get that with a snap of fingers at Kentucky. I don't think yeah. he's going to fifty grand waiting on his door tomorrow from wherever, subway or, or whatever it may be. But I, I'm confident yep. enough that Kentucky puts it together and the rat fan base and the ratings they have and where they go and have a bounce back season he's going to be able to make more than that so if you can do that and stay at lexington and that 50 60 100 grand is still going to be there down the road you don't have to rush as much in your process to become a professional
1: well there's that aspect of it and the other part of it that's affecting the international market right now is that china has closed its borders to uh overseas players at least to american players i know that So that's like 30 players that are all super high earners in China that make a ton of money that are kind of scrambling to find a spot to go. And a lot of them are going over to Europe and playing in EuroLeague and things like that. And that has a trickle-down effect on the quality of player that is getting paid like X amount of dollars, right?
0: Especially if you're a guard, I would say, too. Because in in China... And uh, I guess, different places, you're expected to score 30 points per game or they'll send you home and find somebody else who does. And now, like, those guys are always really good, and like you said, they're plugged back into now EuroLeague and taking spots from other guys where the cycle doesn't stop. People keep turning pro every single season, so the market gets harder and smaller.
1: Yeah, like, there are countries, just like in conversations with agents, that I have heard um, are, are doing okay in terms of, like, money. Like, I've been told that, like, France is, like, fine in terms of the amount of money that they're um, giving out to players overseas right now. like it's a, it's a pretty normal marketplace. Having said that, I don't think that every other market over there is, in part due to the fact that some markets over there are still struggling with COVID, right? Like this sure. is... Uh, it's a, it's a complicated, you know, dynamic, fluid marketplace right now that agents, I think, are still trying to figure out how to navigate in a pretty real way. Like, like, I'm, I'm not going to name names on players because, like, these are the kind of private conversations I have with agents, but, like, there are a couple guys that, like, have been, like, Euro League players before that I'm pretty surprised for the numbers that, like, they're getting offered right now and, and probably, like, need to take at the end of the day just because, that trickle down effect from a lot of guys from China coming over the United States, and frankly, like a lot of guys, you know, wanting that high level quality of competition too, uh, being willing to sign over there, it just has such a trickle down effect to where it is really hindering uh, the marketplace overseas. And you know, to, to tie that to the NIL stuff, the NIL situation in college. Basketball, I think in most cases for guys that are rookies over in Europe, it's going to be better for them to be here this year. Now, there is a case that, like, it's better to start your career over there because the way that the money works over there, like, if you establish yourself at a really high level, it kind of like spikes in plateaus, right? Like, you plateau at a level. You spike up to a second level, right? You plateau for a little while at a level, then you spike up to another level in terms of money that can be like, you know, two times what you're making right now. So, look, like, I think there are reasons to stay and reasons to go for a lot of these guys, and we'll get into them when we start talking about it. But, like, you know, I think that college basketball has now presented a very real compelling case for a lot of these kids. To return to school,
0: and it's great. It's amazing. It's it's been a week or two. College sports are, are still doing okay. Everyone's doing okay. Like college football's not going away. Stadiums are still going to be packed. People aren't turning off the TV because all of a sudden kids and students are, are capitalizing on what they should have been able to capitalize for a long time. And we probably won't see the the long term effects of it for. Four or five years and everyone's kind of being a little bit trigger happy with some of the offers. And to echo what you said, a lot of players, I just think for not really knowing any better and and even us, for not even really knowing any better what the the market can set. Just don't sign away everything that you can. I mean, there's a lot of people now and college athletes kind of advocating for themselves and posting on social media like I'll do anything. I'll, I'll promote this. I'll promote that. A lot of stuff has been like just product-based. So the, the money, it, it's not life-altering, but it, it's enough of a nudge, uh, I would argue, that for guys that are on the fence that, are, that aren't going to be first-round picks. I mean, we haven't really seen a guy that was a, a surefire first-round guy I say the reason I went back right now is for NIL, but let's hope we can build and, and maybe there is a, a day and age where that actually happens. For, for, the, for the upper tier, the elite guys where they're not definitely going to be locked in the – say lottery but they're somewhere in that like 10 to 35 range and need to go back and develop a little bit
1: yeah totally in regard to the nil issue just in general before we get here like it is just worth noting on our end like it took the ncaa drastically too long to get here and on some level i am hesitant to give them any sort of Flowers, any sort of like positive feedback, but I'm glad it's here. I will just say that. Like, I'm glad that the NCAA has decided to go down this road and allow players to make what they are worth on the marketplace.
0: Yes, agreed. Totally. It's hard to watch Final Four games or college football games, see all these people and not think that there's a little extra there to sprinkle around. And it, it, it's not coming from that pot, but sponsors will, will actually look at players like the kind of commodities that they've been for their school. And uh, it's a good thing. And, and, and it's all positive.
1: Okay, let's take a quick commercial break and we will be back with some... Discussion of decisions. And by the way, Matt, we just got a decision right as we were talking here.
0: Oh, I haven't scrolled. What do we got?
1: We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP hackers and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that, it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a gold mine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to NordVPN.com slash Game Theory. G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to NordVPN.com slash game theory to claim your account. Nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord and it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay. And we're back.
0: (laughs) That was cliffhanger. You cliffhanger for me on a commercial. I haven't been on Twitter. What do you got?
1: Max Aismas. Is back. He is returning to Oral Roberts. It looks
0: good for him. Good. I'm happy with that decision.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm happy with that decision too. Look, like you and I have been pretty clear throughout this process that we felt that unfortunately there were there was some poor information out there, maybe about where Max's draft stock could stand. Uh, throughout the year I I have not talked to an NBA person who had him top 40 just straight up like I I will say that Uh, there there was no circumstance where I talked to anyone who was like this guy should go somewhere in the top 40 of the 2021 NBA draft and if that's the case like I I think there is like a real circumstance where look how much better is he going to do next year like he was did he lead the country in scoring like i think he did. he did he did yes uh leads the country in scoring leads oral roberts to the goddamn sweet 16 like on what level is he going to do better than that during his junior year i don't know man like he's he's just 5 foot 11 and The problem for him was that he went to the combine, and even like the teams I talked to were like, the shot didn't even look good at the combine. Like they were saying,
0: like, and that was supposed to be his thing. The shot was supposed to be his thing. He's small, but he can shoot anywhere and he doesn't miss.
1: Right. And, you know, 40% three point shooter. I think he hit like, I forget what the number was. Like, I think he hit like 48% from shots like beyond 28 feet too like it was like an insane number uh and, and max is a gamer and i, I really like ace Miss, and i've been w- we've been talking about him on the podcast the whole year is a guy yeah. that is interesting but there's a difference between like guy that is interesting and guy that goes you know 35th on draft night and gets guarantees uh unfortunately M- max's draft stock was just never there and there was never a point, I don't think, where I had him above, like, 55. And if you're not above 55, like, you probably should just go back, given this environment.
0: Totally. And I don't – we can't kill him for not going, then kill him for going. Because, like, he declared for the draft. We said go back. It was, to it was a
1: complicated no, decision, Yeah, for
0: sure. no, it is. And now we're kind of saying, like, well, why are you going back? He, he can get a little bit stronger. He can still make better reads off the pick and roll to actually look to pass and not to pull up every single time. And it, also, as we're here, and I was, I was catching up scrolling during – commercial break Kevin O'Banner his the peanut to his jelly and pick and roll will be withdrawing from the draft and staying in the transfer portal so maybe this is going to look a little bit different for whoever's setting those high ball screens for him it, but it was the right move right? watching the combine stuff and, and seeing against the guys he'd switch on to and even like jason preston made him look like really really small so he's got to shore up some stuff in this game had an unbelievable run and, and a guy that it really builds on what we were talking about previously hopefully he gets some NAL type of sponsorships contracts because he's going to be such a scorer and he won't be the face of college basketball, but we'll see a lot more on guess on sports shows in the morning of Max Aismeth had thirty five again, he had forty six. I don't know if there'll be a Max Aism tracker, but he's gonna be a guy that's talked about a lot and hopefully sponsors catch on to that too.
1: Yeah, I hope so as well. I I, I will say in the case of ace miss you hit the nail on the head in terms of where he has to improve he just has to get stronger and he has to make better ball screen decisions to pass uh he's just not there yet in terms of that part of his game he doesn't need to be just good at that he needs to be basically elite at it uh Mm -hmm. to be able to stick in the nba the margin for error for someone who's under six foot tall under 170 pounds because his frame is just like not enormous like he'll probably get to like 170 175 like but that's going to be it for Max, uh, unless he like hits a growth spurt or something like that. The margin for error for guys like that is basically zero. And right now, he has some significant errors in his game. And by the way, like we haven't even talked about defense. He's really, really bad yeah. on defense. Yeah, not, not awesome. Yeah, uh, He's an incredible college player. He's an incredible scorer. And I think that he would have gotten a two-way contract for sure, but there's just a difference in between those like being able to like stick in the NBA and being like a two-way contract guy right now.
0: Hopefully took the, the feedback and the information and the proper feedback and information despite whatever other smoke was out there and, and following the tournament now the tournament's over and you know, I was even looking at my own kind of personal big board today as is, is highlighting guys that are coming off or coming back and adjusting and you do look at it through a, a different lens after some time's passed and Maybe the, even the NBA guys who are higher on him than some at the Combine and said, yeah, this probably isn't worth a first-round pick or this is worth something in the 40s for now. So I, I also kind of appreciate kids who kind of listen to the music and, and take it and don't try to fight it and just say, hey, I'm going pro. I'm going to prove you wrong. At, at his size, it's hard to take a gamble like that if everything else doesn't check out.
1: So you mentioned Jason Preston. I would say Jason Preston is the highest-profile player so far to decide to stay in the draft. Now, we'll talk about what John Rothstein reported with Santi Aldama in a minute. I think Santi is a better prospect than Preston. But Preston is certainly the highest profile player to decide to stay in the draft right now. And it's an interesting choice because Jason Preston, I would say, is one of the more polarizing prospects in this draft among NBA evaluators that I've spoken with. Some really buy into the idea that he has a lot of upside still and that like athletically he has more pop than what he's shown and that once he like gets in their strength and conditioning programs and once he continues to uh, just kind of work with them and develop the rest of his game that he can be like a very high level point guard others don't really love the handle think he's a bit of like an inaccurate passer not necessarily a bad passer but like doesn't always hit guys like direct in the shooting pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then really worry about the pull-up game as well. I-, I tend to be more on their side of the spectrum than on like the crazy upside side. But because he has such big fans, it does only take one team. I, I thought that his decision was one of the more difficult difficult, arguably probably the most difficult in this draft class. There wasn't really a bad decision. There wasn't really like a great decision either. It's just a really interesting situation, I think, with Preston.
0: How wide do you think his draft range could be?
1: If you told me he went like 26 or you told me he went 50, I don't think I'd be surprised by either right now
0: so you wouldn't be surprised first round or basically undrafted which is wild and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you because i wasn't as sold as others on his nba combine performance i, I liked the measurables i like the wingspan at, at plus four netting out to about six foot nine and when he spread out his arms and switched on to max ace we, we just mentioned it was okay this this guy's got real size i thought he padded stats a little bit and transitioned when the game was decided that being said I was still most worried about the shot. He was at almost 40% from three, but it was only 82 attempts this year. And he was just a, a shade under 60% to the free throw line. And I had heard that the form jumper changed and kind of reverted while he was working out at the combine. So he's kind of like trying to figure out his own jumper right now. I just don't have the the patience for that in the 20s. He's a big guard. He's going to draw interest because of that i'm probably somewhat lower than the consensus closer to to where you are the kid is a worker it's an incredible story of averaging two points per game as a senior he's gonna as a high school senior sorry he's gonna figure out what he needs to do i just i'm not totally that he's gonna do it it wouldn't surprise me if somehow he's ends up in a rotation or nba team or if you told me yeah he's he's spending some time in the g league next year
1: oh i think he's definitely spending time in the g league next year like there's no no question in my mind about that um yeah, I think that you're right. Like I I really want Jason Preston to succeed. I think it would be yes, amazing. Absolutely. Like I I can't emphasize that enough. Like I I really would love for that kid to find NBA success. It's an unbelievable story. It is an incredible story. You talk to anyone who's been around him, no one will say a negative thing. Everyone is no. just incredibly positive. Such a great kid, such a great story, an incredible worker. All of that. And those are the kids that I really like to bet on. I've got them at like 48 to 50 right now. Like something in that range, I believe. And I I just struggle with these guys that don't have crazy bursts, don't have like incredible ball handling ability and aren't great pull up shooters. Uh, Incredible feel for the game. Great vision uh great size for the position. I, I'm really rooting. I, like this is one where like I, I genuinely want to be wrong about my evaluation. Like I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> rooting against yourself by rooting for him. I like that. Yeah.
1: Like I, I want to be incredibly wrong about the way this works. And because his game is at such an early stage of his high level playing career, I think there's a real chance that like I am wrong. I think he is I think he has a very wide range of outcomes in terms of where his career goes from here. Basically,
0: despite the pizzazz and flair too that he has with passes, he does kind of have like a, a little bit of an old school style point guard to him too. Like not bursty, but can back it down, throw a pass over your head, pull up if you if you go under the screen. Nothing but rave reviews for for people at random. That includes people in his conference, his, his coaching staff, and sometimes you talk to guys kind of around the program. And a kid declares, and they're like, "Ah, oh, no, we need him back with this." Everyone is rooting for him to, whatever's the best for yep. Jason Preston, to, to fulfill your dream. And if, if that means the NBA, and betting on yourself like he has in the past, more power to him.
1: Okay, a couple other higher-profile guys that decided to return to school. Marcus Bagley at Arizona State. So the, the intel I got on Bagley was, we didn't know how good he is, basically, from teams. <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: Oh, I was, tw- was 12 games like I-, I wouldn't either and the workouts are all over the place. I- I'll let you have the floor, but yeah, I I laugh because that's that's very accurate.
1: Yeah, like a- NBA teams were just like we don't know how good he is at this point because he played 12 games at Arizona State and didn't really emerge as like a potential one and done player. Until his senior year of high school, like before that, he was considered like a multi-year guy at Arizona State that had great tools and a great frame, but was still developing his game in like real way. He was more of a top 50 recruit as opposed to a guy that's like a tried and true one and done. So that senior season got shortened by COVID and evaluators like didn't get a chance to see him, you know, potentially go to a Jordan brand classic uh, and see his... Draft stock explode there like Jemias Ramsey's did, right? Um, they they didn't really get a chance to see him over the two years where his game has taken a leap. Basically, I, I get it on their part, and, and I understand the decision for Marcus Bagley. Like, I think it's probably the right call if we're being real about it.
0: It, it was a roller coaster of a day because it started, and in, in my time, you're probably still asleep in Australia. He he was. Uh, he said he was going back to school, but stay in the transfer portal. So I had my little write up because I didn't know what I was going to do. So I, I changed it, and then about an hour ago. He said, "No, I'm actually going back to Arizona State." So I, again, I've had to tweak what I what I wrote and kind of said and reported here. The reports was workouts, the combine were kind of lackluster at best too. People were turned off that he didn't play the five on five and his pro day stuff wasn't great, which is rare for for people. NBA teams do love the measurables. Almost six foot eight and shoes, six eleven wingspan. The shot looks right, and at his size, yep. there's intrigue. You shoot 38% from the field and 34% from three. It's like, well, it looks right, but it's not there. And he he wasn't a a one-and-done guy or, or thought of that and started the year off hot with three or four games, and everyone got excited and said, maybe this is the next guy, and then he was injured and missed a month here and there and then declares, and the wheels kind of fell off, so I, I thought he was a, a second-rounder, probably earlier, a 2nd round with a chance to get better. I wouldn't have been comfortable taking him right now in the first round. I like that he goes back to school. Uh, so it, it's he probably starts somewhere in the, in the 20s again and can work his way up, or if he plays his way out of it, that, that could happen too, but I think the numbers will go up from 34%, take some better shots, and just hope he's healthy for us. A full season of college basketball
1: yeah totally i think that's dead on i had marcus bagley i think at 43 uh going into today uh terrence shannon i had at 44 and <laughs> good segue tj shannon decides he's going to return to texas tech so another player that was pretty polarizing for nba front offices you know you mentioned to me i mean here just say what you mentioned to me last night and from a oh, nba boy. person
0: uh, what what part of it? I, I had him on a personal board, I, I think, as high as, like, 24 at one point, And then I, I think I ended up being around 34. But I, I know he had fans in the mid-20s, and then some had closer to the 50s. So a, another guy – all these guys we're talking about now, the range was so crazy. It wasn't yeah. 10 spots. Like, the range was, like, 30, which is it's kind of insane because the money that swings between a guaranteed pick at 20 to – you're getting to the 50s and people start negotiating. Well, if you take a, a, a minor kind of deal here and sign a guaranteed two for this. So it, it gets dicey in that second round. For For him, too, I, I liked his ability to slash, his defend, and be switchable on the other end of the court. But with the jump shot, like the form and mechanics-wise, it, it still can be an adventure a little bit. Especially his hands kind of go all over the place. He does this thing where he telegraphs his pull up just slightly by slowing down and not quickly stopping and rising up i i didn't love his low assist numbers i i definitely get it like i, I get the body at that six foot six and i think he tested at like six point seven percent body fat he is a twitchy athlete he shot better to the end of the year i thought my my gut was he was staying in because with chris Beard as head coach at texas tech leaving to go to texas i thought maybe that was a tell that he was going to go pro now we get to look forward to him being the number one option on a Mac McClung Texas Tech team and slug it out in conference versus his former head coach now at Texas. So it's a great pro wrestling storyline going into the season.
1: Yeah, I am excited to see what he brings because throughout his career at Texas Tech, you've heard like kind of rumors that sometimes in practice he'll like just kind of take over for minutes at a time and do some things that. Haven't really portrayed themselves on the court yet in terms of like, oh, he can actually handle the ball. He can like slash and do so efficiently with uh, kickouts and finishing at the basket efficiently and like create his own shot off the bounce. Uh, hasn't been super consistent at that yet. You do see the flashes at times. It Texas Tech, like in the Big 12, but I think that if he can solidify that average 16 and a half points a game next year while playing the high level defense, I mean, he is a very high level wing defender who's very switchable and can do a lot of different stuff. I mean, I think that there's a lot there. I think that he could legitimately solidify himself as a first round pick in 2022 pretty easily
0: we have about 30 guys in the 20s for next year and that's okay we don't need to be tied to our boards yeah. to add on your finishing stuff too he was in the 87th percentile finishers around the basket this past season per synergy, NBA yep. teams like that because you're going to have a, a big 6'11, 7 foot strong guy rotating if you can power through that with his size and and uses he actually drives right better than his left which is kind of crazy as a lefty uh, yep. but ultimately I, I did like him going back to school
1: okay Next up is Santi Aldama. And interesting situation. We haven't actually heard from Santi yet from what I know, right?
0: Uh, you know, I saw the tweet this morning from good old JR John Rosting, but I haven't seen a, a Santi Aldama post. I haven't. I need a 30-second break here. Uh, are, are we sick of the announcement videos yet? Going back to school, not going back to school, signing an NIL thing. It's like, dude, it's a minute 30 video. Can you just say what you're doing? Do I have to really scroll through this and, and see what's going on here as you walk around campus? Are you coming back? Or are you not coming back? Sorry, I'm off the soapbox. I haven't seen that from Santi one way or another.
1: Is is your brain so addled that you can't sit through 90 seconds of something? Do you
0: not have joy? I can't. I'm doing a million things right now. It, it's great. If it were a once-in-a-while thing, it would be fine, but everyone's got a video for everything. You can't just say a tweet like, going back. I think that would hold so much more weight if someone started going back to school. See y'all at the rack. You know, the Rutgers guys both announced today on, on long videos. I'm like, oh, God, are you going back or not?
1: Uh, today, like, Mark Few should have just done, like, a tweet saying, like, gone fishing. Like, that's it.
0: Like, <laughs> gone fishing. Yeah, gone, gone, gone fishing. And then had, like, that, uh, you know, the graphic of, like, the sunglasses going down, like, over his face. And just have him watching uh, that Chet Holmgren play from U19 where he snatches the rebound in the air, drives coast to coast, and finishes a layup. And then he, like, casts his, uh, his fishing rod out for uh, the next catch.
1: I will say that is the, o- that is legitimately the only play I've seen from the U19 <laughs> stuff so far. And yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Chet, that was ridiculous
0: yeah, yeah I, I, somehow i woke up and we were caught in this like twitter war of people saying chet is overrated not overrated I, I just i don't know how we got here he's not overrated i love chet but we're on salt santi right now i don't want to lose his moment either because th- he's a guy who did dominate the patriot league and to me seemed like a guy like what the hell is he doing in the patriot league and that's not enough yeah. it's just he, you're you're eleven. he was mvp of the 2019 fiba u18 european championship just averaging 21 and 10 and they played this, like, really funky schedule. They played Lafayette, like, six times this year. Just unheard Pat of. League was uh, a mess this year. It, it like. was. And, and, look, everyone did what they had to do to, to get through it. And, and understandable with the circumstances. For him, I, I get it. I, I am just a little bit worried about his strength. I, I think, worst case, he's tailor-made to be a, a top priority overseas. Definitely a, a two-way guy. I, I think I had him, like, 48th on my board.
1: So, yeah, I, I had Santi. At 45, actually. So all of my 43, 44, 45 guys all, <laughs> all off, today. yeah. Um I love him. I'm going to be very interested to see what he does. So John Rothstein reported that per a source, Santi Aldama is uh, going to play professional and not return. I-, I think it's absolutely the right decision for Santi to play professional next year. He would have been, uh, frankly, like he would have been wasting his time in the Pat League next year. Like, he is so much better. You you watch Santi Aldama tape in the Pat League, and you're just like, this is, this is fucking Pau not Gasol. There. Like, yeah, he, no, <laughs> I mean. It,
0: it's, it's a great comp. I mean, he starts on the perimeter, he'll like, swing it, go in the post, bury somebody, step out, hit a three. It's like, how did he average 21 and 10. It's not like he, he put up 12 and seven. Like, he, he crushed it. I, I almost thought some games he could average, like, 28 and 15. Like, that yeah. good, that level of talent.
1: Yeah, no, no. Santi would have been wasting his time next year in the Pat League. And I'm going to be interested now to see, because he is from Spain, he has an incredible marketplace overseas, much in the same way that Filipetrushev had an incredible marketplace in Serbia last year and ended up signing with Mega. I wonder if we see Santi Aldama do a similar thing, where he goes, he signs with a team in Spain or somewhere else in Europe, makes... A real amount of money because I think Santi would make a very large amount of money, especially if he was willing to sign for like two years. Like he would, he would clear a, a lot more money than your typical average rookie, um, easily into six figures. Uh, I would imagine, and like, well, well past like the hundred mark. Um, like you could tell me like double, triple that, and I would not be surprised by any stretch. Um, in his case. I wonder if we see him pull out, much like Philip Petrushev did last year, and just do the 2022 draft while playing professionally in Spain this year.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting theory. I can I can wrap my head around it and see it, and it could be a case study down the line, depending on if if he does go that route and where his draft position ends up. Because we're also we just talk about international guys who don't produce like he did. We don't necessarily see him in college, and, and they get drafted late first, kind of like a draft and stash. If he dominates, like. Petrushev did, and he goes 45th. You wonder if, like, he had never done that in the first place. Does he go 32nd? So, who, who knows? But we'll, we can check back in. Um, that's one I'm interested in tracking to see what he does.
1: Yeah, and and Petrushev helped himself this year, for what it's worth. like He won MVP of the Serbian League, or the Adriatic League, I'm sorry, and was unbelievable. Uh, I think he's going to get drafted now. I I do not think he would have been drafted in 2020. His game just wasn't there, unfortunately. I think he was like probably 95th on my board going into last year for similar reasons that Hunter Dickinson was low on my board because the game just didn't really fit. But Petrushev went over to Serbia and really improved does a three-point shooter became like a genuine spacing five? I, if Santi goes and like plays Euro League next year and works his way like into the starting lineup for a Euro League team, which I don't think is like totally out of the question. Like I think he's that good as a prospect. Look, I. He could go in the first round pretty easy next year.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I thought so too. Um, I don't know if you're sizing up for like he's he's late lottery or something, but it, what they've told me, <laughs> another guy in the 20s. If you tell me in the 20s next year, I, I wouldn't be blown away.
1: Oh, I, I will have some. If Santi does do that, I'll have him somewhere in the 20s to start the year. For sure. Uh, or 40. I'll have him at 20.5. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. Exactly. 20.7. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, let's take another quick commercial break and we'll be back. Okay, final little group here. I, I will give you the floor on anyone else that you want to talk about.
0: Do we want to talk uh, either one, back to school or going pro? Yeah, sure. I think Who we probably – we <laughs> okay, we're running with this here. I want to talk about Jordan Hall. Okay. Because he had a lot of eyes tracking him when he declared he, he is kind of this late bloomer with good size, statistically had had a great freshman year in the Atlantic and which included triple-double, and it was sort of like a double whammy when he announced that he would be going back to school, but it wasn't St. Joe's, it was Texas A&M, and now he's he's back, he's, he's actually going back to school, but it's to St. Joe's. I, I see him being a star in that league, I want to see more consistent, high-level, non-conference performances this year, last season, versus Tennessee, there was intrigue there, he tried out for that U19 USA team that he didn't make, he's made a lot of fans kind of behind the scenes the underground draft buzz was building i just hope that he can capitalize on that now and kind of put all the pieces together
1: so in the case of hall hall decided he had a g league elite camp invite and that was per john chepkiewicz uh shout out john chepkiewicz good friend of the program here uh decided to turn that down to go do the U- the u19 camp didn't make the u19 team that's a not great outcome, unfortunately for Hall. And I think his buzz just never totally grew in the way that, uh, way that was necessary for him to stay in the draft is maybe the way to put it.
0: Yes. That's Uh, very true. It it was, it was the start of the buzz. It just never really took off
1: all the way. Right. So he'll be the preseason player of the year in the a 10, right? Like, no, I I mean, maybe, maybe one of the Bonnie's guys, maybe.
0: Yeah. Could be. Kyle Lofton's back, right?
1: Yeah, Kyle Lofton. That that's another good choice. Yeah, but anyway, sure. he,
0: he, like like he'll, like he'll he'll be there. Like we're we're gonna talk about him. He's he's not going away. He he may not start there, but he'll he'll be preseason first team and. I don't know what their their conference schedule is, but I'm sure he'll have opportunities to to make his mark. And there there is the the size and the passing, and he rebounds well. And he did grow late, and he actually played on on our circuit, then left to to go play on another one his last year. So I liked him. It just he he took off like a rocket ship. I, I thought he was an A10 level player, and then when St. Joe's actually got him, I thought he was a high major kid. That wow, that that's a great get for St. Joe's. When he's going to transfer, I, I thought maybe that's appropriate level. Now we can see him every day play against high major guys but maybe this is a better situation for him to more showcase his talent and have a, a longer leash to do so
1: okay another guy uh, worth discussing julian champagny i would imagine julian champagny will be the preseason player of the year in the big east right mm,
0: sure i mean probably the returning leading scorer are close to there some will yell at us if we're wrong but it it should that should be the way it goes
1: i mean like there's a world where like the voters in that league vote for colin gillespie because he's like a small white point guard but like (laughs) i mean it it should be julian champion
0: you you versus awards yes it should be should be
1: i'm not versus awards i love awards i think we should reward people for being good
0: better awards right
1: i I just want voters to be better at voting for the right people for
0: awards that's that's fair (laughs)
1: um in the case of julian champenny another guy that i think made the right call i had him like right around 60 on my board good shooter i think he could stand to iron out the jump shot a little bit more uh he really needs to be like a 40 percent three-point shooter i think because he's just not a great athlete uh by nba standards he'll be great in the big east and will continue to you know average he'll probably average 18 and nine next year in that league and you know block a shot per game get a steal per game uh i think he needs to be like a genuine like 40 to 42 percent three-point shooter though
0: yeah that's that's the missing piece and of the of the twins it was always that he was the the better shooter of the two between him and julian but still needs to bump it up another level to solidify himself to firmly be in in the draft discussions he'll have a big target because he, he's going back to st john's he'll have some more expectations where you're not going to sneak by guys like he did in the past and you're really going to be the the main target on scouting reports every single game
1: yep uh Who else? Uh, Do do you want to
0: go? Yeah, I want to talk EJ Onu. Sure. So he's staying, correct? I think he announced that on Monday he's staying in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think that John Gavoni got that.
0: Yes. Okay, so my kind of take on him is is similar to a lot of guys. I wasn't really sold on, on what he did in Chicago. I know that another sort of cult hero draft status prior to the Combine, because he was a star of the NAIA, and then he's going to be a transfer candidate. So people are kind of like looking at him a little bit more as we got into draft season. And I know like yeah. the hardcore draft heads are way ahead of this, way ahead of where I was.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll tell you like the, the people who clued me on to him. I mean, look, like I have a friend that coaches in the NAIA. So like he was like, hey, you should check this kid out. I've heard, you know, maybe he goes high <laughs> major next <laughs> you,
0: year. You, you got like the blue chips, Neon Badeau, like Algiers. Oh, you had to go see him before anyone else did. Well, it well, I don't it's it's like, was e. knew Neon Badeau either, just to be very clear.
1: Well, the the two the two names I got all year from NAIA were EJ Onu and Kyle Mangus. Um, Good names, you know. Kyle Mangus is at Indiana Wesleyan, and I believe is going pro as well. Not quite as interesting because he's more of like a like six foot five like white kid like off ball mover who isn't super athletic and can kind of kind of shoots a little bit, but isn't quite elite enough at being a shooter given what the rest of his skill profile is uh onu has been the more interesting nba prospect and college coaches uh really starting in like mid-march were hitting me up like hey have you gotten eyes on this kid like what do you think how do you think he translates in the next to the college level what do you think of his nba potential like all that stuff so i I got in on ej onu pretty quickly um it, it, it was more I don't know that I ever got super excited, I would say.
0: I, I didn't either. I, I did think that he warmed up as time went on the combine, and, and we talked about this a little bit a couple podcasts before. He rotated, he blocked shots well with, with more regularity, but offense, he just looked really lost. He was a 40% three-point shooter last season, 27% the year before, and based on what he showed and, and sort of the mechanics, I tend to lean on him being close to that 27 low 30s guy. Yeah. And at 6'11", with I think it was like a 7'7 seven, seven or 7'8 seven, wingspan. 7'8 and a half. That's long. So maybe worth a, a look late in the second round if you believe he can – All one, another one of those guys. If you can put it all together, the mental game kind of catches up with sort of the physical game and profile that he does have.
1: So I, I get it, and I do think he's worth a two-way contract. Uh, I don't know if I'd draft him necessarily. Like I don't think he's a priority two-way for me. But he's a two-way guy for me. Having said that, there are two things that really worry me. First, you mentioned the jump shot. That's like a weird side spin jumper. Yes, very that much. like I'm with you. I think he's more like low thirties right now versus forty percent from three. Second thing, like. Really, there's three things. Second thing, I agree with you, does not process the game all that well offensively at rapid speeds yet in the way that he's going to have to as a big in the NBA. Yes. Third, his movement skills are not great. Like, this is a guy that, like, ran track and the things that, like, you would hear, are, you know, great athlete, like, moves exceptionally well. I think he runs the floor really well. I think he can leap, especially off of two feet. Like you get him the ball in the dunker spot. He can really move, but he's not really twitchy either. Like he doesn't have great lateral quickness. He doesn't have like a first step to get downhill off of a screen and then he's rolling and then he's high pointing the ball and like leaping like crazy for it. Right. Uh those are the things that I think he really needs to take a leap in. Like he needs to figure out how much more twitch he has athletically. And then I think he needs to like work on like processing the game and like making sure he doesn't turn the ball over uh, at the next level. Cause that thing is going to move super fast in a way that he just hasn't seen yet. But I, I think that just given the physical tools, he is worth a two way because the rim protection did translate at the G League elite camp. Yeah.
0: His head won't be spinning as much either once he gets more reps, and it's not totally fair either because he played two games and you, you want to produce right away and he's trying okay. to catch up and he's, he's, he's overthinking, he's running too fast, he's, he's getting blocked, and then he's blocking shots. His wingspan being seven, eight and a half does bail him out of a lot of stuff too yep. because he can kind of be beat and throw his arms back and it's a block. doesn't happen to the NBA. An investment-type guy, late second round, maybe undrafted, but still ends up with a team.
1: Speaking of big, who decided not to go through with this draft, Kofi Coburn. Uh, yes, fascinating choice. Uh, <laughs> right in the range for me, where Onu was. I think I would have taken Kofi over Onu. To be honest, I, I just buy the frame a little bit more. I buy like the strength and his ability to like gain position and all that stuff. Like he, he's just like super strong and enormous, even by NBA. Lee or uh, center standards. He is returning to school though. It looks like he's going to transfer from Illinois or may he is considering Illinois, but like he's in the transfer portal. Where are you on where Kofi uh, stands heading into next season? Because that I was surprised that he didn't parlay second team all American into trying for the NBA draft.
0: I was surprised, too. I, I was actually really surprised when Andrew Slater broke it and, and said that he was, it was like the midnight hour. You had to announce by what, the early. He like said he was in the draft and he was, that he's actually, no, 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 I'm transferring. And then like another report came out through the day, like, no, he's actually, actually out and he's in the transfer portal. So I didn't know what was up and what was down. I, I, a little surprised because we had heard kind of rumblings of him having his eyes overseas even if the NBA thing didn't work out. If he wants to go back to college, I don't know, other than conditioning, I'd say, and he's not going to start shooting threes off pick and pop. I don't don't see that. I think a lot would be of hard rim rolls off of ball screens and boxing guys out in the dunker spot and clearing out guys to drive maybe his feet a little bit. Defensively, but I don't think it makes this quantum leap from I think I had him like fifty six or seven. I, I don't think we're having this conversation in six months, and all of a sudden he's 29th. I think he is what he is. It's not I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not hating on the guy at all. Like he's he's an unbelievable college player. I want him on my team. He's huge. Just his sheer size intimidates people on, on both ends of the floor. Just it's hard for for those guys to play, especially. And we're watching the NBA playoffs. Everything's getting so small. Even the best centers in the league that are that size don't play. So it would be hard for me to, to get fully on board with him in the first round, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, like this is what the conversation we had with Kazubuke, right? Uh, Kazubuke did go in the first round. I had him at 44, I think, on my board uh, before the draft, so I was not really a fan of the pick. I uh, thought it was reasonable to give him a guaranteed deal just because— he was so good on defense, but th- this is the difference between Kofi and Yudoka. Like, Yudoka was the most impactful defensive player in the country his year that he was at Kansas. Like, the drop coverage scheme that they ran and the shape that Yudoka got in. Like, he was down probably to, like, 265 in and- I mean, like I saw him at Nike Basketball Academy, and like he had a six pack, like he was in shape and like ready to go, and you could see it in his movement skills. Kofi still has to get there; uh, he, he's just not not anywhere near that yet. He also had a one to ten assist to turnover ratio, which is one of the lowest numbers I have ever seen for a draft <laughs> prospect. So
0: right. I, I won't make a comment on another person's draft that was that low. Keep going.
1: Ooh, who else?
0: I won't. Keep going.
1: Okay. Now, now, I'm, now I'm going to be searching. Yeah, uh, well, keep going. <laughs> um, JT Thor?
0: No, keep going. <laughs> no, but it, it's ironic, though, too, because the, the Jazz drafted him, and, and he's on the same roster as Rudy Gobert, and they're probably sitting yeah. next to each other during the playoffs. Just, just It's the way it is. It's the, it's the way it shakes out. People go small. You can't go big. they got two of them that, that can't work. I, I thought that maybe that would scare Kofi away from saying, I'm, I'm just going to go pro. I'm going to make my money wherever it may be. I'm going to have a great career. I'm going to make a lot of it and play a long time. Uh, but, yeah, I don't – I was uh, – I'm curious who he ends up to. That, that's another fun college basketball storyline that's emerging.
1: Jericho Sims? No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> move on. Um, move
0: on. Next topic.
1: Next topic. Uh, I – like – Deuce McBride announced that he's leaving West Virginia. I feel like that's been done for a while now because he is a real shot of going in the first round. Josh Primo announced that he's leaving Alabama. That's been done for a while. Uh, I feel like he has a real shot to go in the first round. Uh, I mean, like Aaron Wiggins. Like uh, Aaron Wiggins has just had a strong pre-draft process, like an actually strong pre-draft process, and I feel like he probably isn't going to, do much better than this unless he gets another step forward defensively and uh really improves as a passer and really improves as a shooter. Like there's just kind of a lot to do for a guy that would be turning twenty-three next year.
0: Yeah, I I was he probably started the year as a back end first round candidate and I, I thought he was just okay until the calendar turned into twenty twenty one. He was much yeah. better. He he bounced back some in the end of the year he had twenty-seven points and he was five for eight from three against Alabama in the tournament and he, he looks the party 6'6", six, six, his 6'10 six, wingspan. At that G League camp, the way he moved and extended over the top, he legit looked like an NBA player. And I personally thought some of those tools were neutralized after getting a call-up to the actual combine. Yeah. When the game's fast, he he looks awesome. He attacked from the wing in transition. I, I have him kind of that late second round, later second round pick. And uh, I, I would be surprised if he made it just because him and another guy that blew up in the, the G League camp, AJ and Lawson, similar type games where... People didn't write them off, but they weren't really like readily thought about as being draft guys, and they've capitalized on these these processes, like you said, and now they're kind of smack dab at least some conversations for picks in the fifties.
1: Yeah, like would you take David Duke or Aaron Wiggins?
0: See, that's such like a, a stylistic um, methodology for me that I, I always go Aaron Wiggins. I, think... I always go AJ Lawson. Like that's just that's just the way I. I kind of prioritize my my roster that I I don't have just my my mental roster in my head. I'm I'm stockpiling all the wings.
1: Yeah, like I, I have Aaron Wiggins right now around like seventy or so. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to think of like guys that are in that range, like Aaron Wiggins or Isaiah Livers.
0: Oh, that's a tough one because now you're saying shooting versus that. I'm going to yeah. contradict myself because I currently have Wiggins like 58th and I I only did 60, but Livers would kind of be like a, a few slots below. But I, I do like Livers too. Pass. Who else you got?
1: Uh, Joel Ayayi
0: I have a a few spots ahead of that.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I have a at like fifty three, and Wiggins at like seventy. I, I would take a but you know they're they're in the same tier. Yeah,
0: Ayayi forty five. I had Wiggins sixty before all this movement and five guys leaving while we're on the air. So I think naturally he somehow ends up at fifty five right now.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, last guy here, I think, unless you want to talk about anyone else, uh, maybe there are two more. Um, Delano Banton. Did that one surprise yeah. you?
0: Uh, yes, because I'd heard conflicting things throughout the year. I'd heard early, he's only going to be here for a year, and then I'd heard a lot toward the end, no, he's he's definitely coming back. He's just going to go through the process, and then he declared. He left. And I really wanted him to be a call-up guy from that G League camp. I, I understood when he wasn't, because the first game yeah. he didn't really do much and it was just this weird journey that we talk about i do love his size i love his feel the way he manipulates teases toys with defenders out of pick and roll weak physically he's a 23 percent career three-point shooter the jumper is another thing that needs significant work on i would take a chance on him in the g league if he's a guy that can maximize the size and the shots at least somewhat serviceable and the way he plays and and kind of Sees the game a, a little bit faster than everyone else. The way he can orchestrate the offense when the ball's in his hands, like it could work.
1: Yeah, Delano's a guy that you know. I, I typically don't like to say like someone made a good or a bad decision, right? Um, you know, I, as long as he's happy, like that's really what matters, right?
0: Um, yeah, of course. All, for for all these guys, just just to be yeah. very clear, like we're we're our boards we can throw out the window. We're rooting for people to be successful. We're not rooting for people to fail
1: right in the case of delano i i think there was real upside for him to go back i will say um the reason for that is to play in the nba he needs to shoot period right like just has to shoot at some point has to learn to shoot uh i'm not super bullish on him learning to shoot at any point here but if he does learn to shoot he is an nba player like the passing 6 foot 9 no rangy covers ground so quickly like really interesting player if he can shoot like let's say he averages like 14 7 and 7 next year and shoots 37% from 3 and like Where? looks like he can shoot
0: are you saying college or the G league
1: college if he if yep. he does that at nebraska next year mm-hmm. That guy's probably a first-round pick, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's not a first-round pick now, and and even and maybe I'm just making excuses for him. But the first G League camp game, he's zero for five. I was texting with a couple of people like I thought he was really good. Like maybe, maybe I'm just oversold on it the way he plays, and it's it's this really unorthodox game and style. But I, I'd be. I'd be there with you that if he averaged those type of numbers and Nebraska had a, a good year with McGowan's coming in and they'll, they can make a splash together that it, it wouldn't be out of the question for him to be a, a late first round guy.
1: Yeah. Like he, th- th- there was real ceiling, I guess is where I'm at. Like with a lot of guys, like it, it's hard to see the vision for how they move forward. Like in the case of Max Aismas, right? Like w- we're worried about what the ceiling is for Max Aismas because he's just small. Right. Delano Banton, like you, you can see the ceiling. Like he averaged, uh, over the course of his first, I think it was like before, before the COVID stoppage, I think it was 12 games or whatever. Uh, I I think he was at like 12, six and six or something like that. So 14, seven and seven isn't exactly a big leap for what his skill set is. The shooting would need to take a leap, but like, I, I think it's, Plausible. Like, I plausible. thought that there was, like, a real opportunity there. And, like, worst-case scenario, he probably is a two-way guy next year regardless. So, really, all you're losing out on is the difference between NIL money and the two-way deal with the upside of making your start of your career just way easier. Right? So, I... I mean, maybe he gets a guaranteed deal and I'm just like off on this, but I, I would be surprised if that happened. Right. Would
0: be surprised. Yeah. Maybe he knows more than we do. Maybe his feedback was, was different than we have. And he, he will look good when, when there's group workouts and he can actually play and get up and down five on five. He's never going to like look the part testing, especially athletically, but he's a, he's a gamer too. He's a hooper. You, you get him out there and you're, you're playing and you're making reads kind of as you go. And on the fly, He he's a guy that I would want on my team.
1: Well, folks, we, uh, we are at 10 o'clock eastern time where are you right now where in the world is matt penny
0: great question i'm in brisbane no i'm in uh (laughs) i'm in not atlanta we we advertise atlanta i'm in cartersville georgia which is about an hour outside of atlanta
1: sure where who is who's from cartersville this year what draft prospect
0: oh gosh that's um i don't know but you know what one of the high schools that we rent from is where trevor lawrence played that's a good uh that's a good tidbit, but who's actually from Cartersville?
1: I can't remember. There might be a prospect this year
0: from Cartersville. <laughs> um,
1: so you're in the East Coast. Yeah. Johnny Juzang still has two hours. I guess he still has not announced what he's doing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess so, Johnny. Like we, yeah, we got work tomorrow. We get 8 a.m. games sets starting. We can't. Uh, as much as the loyal handful of people that would stay on for us to just talk about nonsense and wait for the announcement, I don't think we're going to make it during this uh, during this recording.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, the, I mean, the last couple guys here are, I mean, Marcus Carr. I mean, Marcus Carr, it seems like, is going to transfer somewhere else, which is probably the right move. Dawson Garcia is going to transfer, probably the right move. Um, I guess, like, Musa Casey?
0: Yeah, Musa is going to transfer. Kansas getting Jalen Wilson and Oche Akbaji is is oh, big yeah. for, for them.
1: We, we didn't talk about Kansas. Um, yeah. o- Oshai, Akbaji, and Jalen Wilson, getting those guys back was big. Uh, I kind of figured that they would get both of those guys back. I- I'm not a huge fan of either of them in terms of the draft right now. Uh, both of them do very different things well. Like, Jalen's going to have to shoot it, and then Oshai is going to, like... Really need to be a high level defender, like not just like an, a solid one like he is now. He needs to be like a great defender and then knock down the shots because I, I don't trust him driving and making decisions regularly with the ball right now.
0: Both will have to be more assertive offensively. They're yeah. just Jalen Wilson was out of position playing the five this year at Kansas, then seemed kind of out of position playing the wing at the combine. He, he's going to settle in. I I do believe in Jalen Wilson. I, I think he'd get there. I was higher on O'Shea Abaji than you were. They're going to be a, a, a fun team to to watch, and they're going to be on TV a million times this year, and just an opportunity for them to, to build on what they had and improve their draft stock in the process. So the right call for, for both of them, according to my, I guess, knowledge expertise.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's probably all we got, right?
0: That's it. I mean, we we have, there's been a lot of people kind of announcing and I didn't even know they declared for the draft. I just see a tweet like, oh, they're going back to school. Didn't know they were, they're in there. Uh, Armando Baycott announced coming back and Jimmy's Seafood sponsored them. I thought that was cool. No idea what the sponsorship's for, but I like that uh you tweeted before we started recording kendrick davis going back to school he's a yeah a, a, a good guy with 19 points eight assists four rebounds a game 35 against cincinnati this year small at 511 but i'm a fan like his game
1: yeah kendrick davis is awesome i think he has like a chance to be an all-american next year
0: yeah i'm trying to think who else I mean, we talked about obanner he, he's transferring diva Mitz. we talked about back uh, good names, good names. There there weren't any, I don't know if there was late here as we're waiting. Even Drew is has kind of settled more in that 40s range. There weren't any shocking top 20 guys going back to school, but still a, a good collection of names that will, will help the college game.
1: I think that's all the names we got. I mean, have you watched uh, any movies recently, Penny?
0: Uh, some TV, not movies. Dave is back on FX. You watch Dave with Lil Dicky?
1: Uh, I've seen the first few episodes and thought it was amazing and just didn't return for some reason.
0: First season was awesome. Season two, we're about three episodes in. It's dark. It's darker humor. I'm hoping it, it turns. It's still funny, but a, a lot of uh, a lot of darkness. Uh, Below deck Croatia just started. I'm sure you've watched. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the Netflix. There was uh, the This is Pop Show. Have you seen that about music? So I had. Uh, I watched an episode on the birth of music festivals and then i watched an episode on country music that became pop so i, I have these little snippets of like 30 minute windows and that that's what i've been watching so yeah. why don't you tell me the dozens of movies you watched in the the last six days
1: so i've watched four movies in the <laughs> okay
0: last- that, well you're, you're fixing water pumps and yeah buying houses so you, you had big boy stuff
1: too so the first movie we watched was *Censor*, which is this like I think Irish movie, a uh, British movie maybe. Um, weird fucking
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you start with, I haven't heard. I, I know it ends up there, whether whether you admit to it or not. I know it's probably on the the weirder side of things.
1: If you want to see like a weird fucked up horror movie, that one was pretty good. I thought, I thought it was like really well done, really well crafted, really interesting. Um, yeah. If you want to see like a weird fucked up <laughs> horror movie, I would say that's the one. Uh, sign me up. Uh, beyond that, it's been splat week in this house. Uh, in this house, we honor Richard splat, AKA Sam Richardson. Uh, <laughs>
0: Split week is that like shark week in in america he was Split week in australia well
1: did you ever watch veep uh of course i watched veep yeah richard Split. yeah the, no, I,
0: I get it I come didn't on know man a, i didn't know we had a, a week devoted to him that's all
1: yeah so werewolves within just came out uh like a horror comedy movie where he's the main character and is like this park ranger funny super silly uh really good really really good movie really well cast uh, enjoyable movie. I would go see that for sure. And then he's also in Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt.
0: Oh, okay. I, I almost watched that. I, I had the queued up and then it was late night screaming from a two-year-old who said, okay, we got 45 minutes. I, I don't like doing movies and breaking them in half.
1: Yeah, I don't either.
0: So I was like, I don't have the – that. that's on the list to watch once I uh, – if I ever get home from this grassroots season. That, that, I do want to watch that. How was that? I've I've heard the reviews are kind of all over the place.
1: It's a movie that's kind of all over the place, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I I will say, I I think that Chris Pratt didn't work for me in the main role. But beyond that, I thought it was pretty, it, it was as good as what you would expect it to be.
0: All right. Chris Pratt is, is pretty close to can do no wrong in my eyes, so I'm, uh, all right, there's, there's low expectations, I guess, going into this. The general yeah. consensus of this, not general consensus of draft Twitter, is that it, it wasn't great, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to not watch it.
1: No, I, I thought, like, like I, like on Letterboxd, I, I wrote, like, a bunch of words on it on Letterboxd, actually, um, yeah, I gave it, like, three stars. Like, I thought it was fine. Okay. Three stars. Yeah, I, I playable. Yeah, I didn't hate it at all. And, like, another movie I would give three stars was Fear Street 1994.
0: Oh, I wanted to watch that. Yeah. My wife doesn't do horror, so uh, another time. Maybe that's a, a Monday thing for me. During
1: Yeah. The, it's, uh, it's like, you know, three 19... Parts, right? What is it?
0: It's three parts, right? Isn't it, like, it broken into threes? Like, three two-hour snippets or something? Or yeah, so
1: it's, it's three movies that they were planning on releasing in theaters. I don't know how the fuck they were going to release these movies in theaters. Like, weird... That, that's a weird decision. I think it plays much better on Netflix than it does in the theater system. Um, yeah, the first one's like an hour, 40 minutes. The second one comes out this week. The third one comes out the week after. Um, really good. Yeah, uh, not, not really good, but like solid. Uh, definitely horror, like full stop horror movie. Uh, teenager horror movie, like kind of in the vein of Scream mm. so far. this This that's installment was at least
0: that's good everything circles back to weird conversation i had we i'm sure we're running out of time here but just quickly somebody asked me this week like what was a movie that scarred you when you were younger i said scream because it felt really real it it didn't feel like contrived like oh this could actually happen so maybe fear street has a a little bit of element of that too
1: yeah i i think that this one is like a modern scream i don't think it's as good as scream look like i've seen scream more than i've probably seen all but like five movies in my life Um,
0: so scream is sixth out of all the movies you've seen like that was repeatable enough that scream is right there in the top 10 most views yeah
1: for sure i love so you
0: were so hold on so there was that twitter thing last week and i didn't want to do it but it was like quote tweet the five movies you've seen the most out of oh yeah
1: yeah I, I, quote tweeted, I quote tweeted it i quote tweeted it and said fast and furious that's right too fast yeah. too furious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. like that's family. a joke um family. Yeah. yeah family family um yeah scream would be in there rush hour would be in there a knight's tale would be in there
0: a knight's tale wow with heath ledger all yeah. the layers oh yeah of course
1: um i i just watched that movie a shit ton when i was young it, it would be all movies that i like watched on repeat when i was young um. What other movies? That's a great question. Scream would be somewhere in the top 10 for sure. Uh, Ace Ventura. There was a point okay. in college where like, so the DVD for Ace Ventura, and we're like way fucking past it now in terms of basketball.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's top. Yeah, this is an offline conversation. Yeah.
1: So like the Ace Ventura DVD, my buddy and I that I lived with, Jeff, we were like just hammered one night and we came back and we were like just like kept drinking and we were like let's put on ace ventura and we were like okay and we both fell asleep so we come on in the morning and the dvd is one of those dvds that just like plays after sitting on the main screen for after for like 10 minutes right yeah and look we were morons and just like kept the TV on like the whole time. There was probably a period in that apartment where Scream or not Scream Ace Ventura was playing for thirty six consecutive hours in our apartment, <laughs> are you, and we are you, caught it like in different I, intervals I think you're, too. I
0: think her name is a script from uh, TCU with Jeremy Piven, that guy who watched the same movie like forever.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> that's funny um, PCU, not TCU geez. yeah PCU I, th- I thought you said PCU T-T-C-U, to
0: I'm Like, Jesus what are you talking about yeah PET I have a mouthful of spit you can't hear me so I, I get it <laughs> you know what you know what though with Ace Ventura I was similar in that if we had too much fun on Saturday night we woke up Sunday a little groggy Roadhouse was that movie for us I watched Roadhouse senior year probably 30 times
1: yeah Roadhouse is a good one I'm trying to think any like college movies that we saw a bunch of um, I mean The Hangover would probably be on that list, like I, I saw The Hangover a lot in college. What are the yeah, brand? that one
0: that that, that that plays well. I've seen Tommy Boy probably about a hundred times.
1: Oh, that's definitely one.
0: Yeah, Tommy Boy was like my sick day go to, my pick me up, my ha- every mood. It was it was hard to hard to go wrong with Chris Farley, especially in that uh, in that genre. And still, 20, 30 years later, it, the the lines still play. They still do, which which is amazing because so much stuff he is outdated, and his his comedy, his humor, has uh, reigned supreme through it all.
1: The other sneaky one that I've seen. There are two sneaky ones I've seen a lot of. Are Eternal Sunshine and mulholland wow. drive because Another,
0: wow. those are you watch once and i'm good man that's if i think dave's heavy I, I i watch eternal sunshine so this is great but i don't know if i can ever do this again like
1: well, this I, is so
0: this is so deep man
1: well like film major in college right yeah or, like right. my second major so like i wrote on those movies like i wrote like 15 page papers on those movies so like had to watch them like back to back to back like multiple times to try and do it um with
0: with with ace Ventura in the middle because jim carrey is the common thread so it's, it's right. beautiful it all it all ties back to him
1: it's exactly right uh okay penny uh the hardest working man in show business according to jimmy Patos, <laughs> yes. yes. uh please tell the people where they can find your work
0: on Twitter, Matt underscore Penny. You can also find my work at Lake Point Sporting Center tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. 12 courts. We got 400 calls. Coaches, I'm going home next week and go right back on the road. So I hope the the audio quality was was good enough for the listeners. I'm in a hotel room. Uh, I'm going to be in a hotel room a lot this month as we uh, get toward the draft. But we're, the train keeps rolling. We got to keep working here.
1: Go see Matt Penny on that random bench between the loves <laughs> and the gas station in it, cartersville shortly. georgia he'll be there the whole year the whole week
0: not going far um, I'm, I'm easy to find um my my big head sticks out in the gym so you need me to come say hello everyone's pretty nice we're we're here for for the jabs the positive the negative we're we're here to get better just and, like the prospects in the draft
1: and you know what Pe- people come up and say hi to you people come up and like you know always really, you know, nice, like, hey, really nice really there. good
0: hey man we, we like your stuff you and Sam have good chemistry how long do you know each other Uh never we, we don't like a year <laughs> we're, we're building yeah. yeah we're building for uh, an appearance in person in, in yeah. 2022 we'll leave that as a, a spoiler a cliffhanger for uh, another time
1: 2022 McDonald's all-american probably do you do McDonald's it'll probably be that one
0: Uh could be McDonald's or final four which yeah. is in New Orleans I've heard a good time
1: <laughs> oh god um i don't think that like the two of us are the people we have to worry about in new orleans i think it's like all of our the friends peri-
0: in- the periphery yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, all of our friends who also happen to be college basketball coaches well we'll and, leave it at that yeah, yeah <laughs> we're never
0: knows. we're never naming names
1: <laughs> never naming names that is accurate uh Please uh, go rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We will be back later this week, or at least I will, to talk a little bit about the NBA. The NBA Finals happened. Did you even watch the NBA Finals yesterday?
0: I did. I was I was at a restaurant, but I did watch some NBA Finals. I did.
1: Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was interesting, at least. Uh, I, I'm pretty clearly on the Suns in this series. Uh, uh, at some point, Penny and I will also talk about some futures bets that I've made for the NCAA tournament in 2022. But until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.